Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to speak to you and to the people, dear God, about an interesting point that you made clear today, which is something I just would like people to think about and draw their own opinion of this issue. But the issue is the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom. We're in the time right now, the separation judgment. We're in the time where we must be prepared. You know, people are focused on the tribulation. They're focused on um, the rapture event. They're focused on a pre-trib rapture. They're focused on all these things that don't agree with Scripture. The one thing they need to focus on is that as it's written in the Scriptures and very clarified in the Scriptures, very well clarified, is that you're going to reign over the earth for seven years. In that time, you're going to bring your kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Then you're going to take your people up. But the people are missing the point that you are requiring of us, as it says in Daniel 9.24, that we have to be refined and give glory to God. He's going to make a people like that. He said it in Numbers 14. You also said it in Isaiah 11.9 and Habakkuk 2.14. You're going to cause the glory of the Lord to be known as waters cover the sea. So we're in that time right now. And Lord, we're in the time of the separation judgment. That occurs, dear Lord, at this time and manifests. The people are being judged right now. The books are open. The books aren't closed yet. The Father is going to close the books. But he told us it could even be in the morning when he does this. As you said in um, Matthew 24, I talked about that earlier this week. So I'm not going to dwell on that. But I want to point out something very interesting. It appears from the scriptures, because you never change your ways. There's two very interesting things that you made known. The very first thing is that uh, that you testify in Matthew 21, 43 to 44. It says, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruit thereof. The fruits of it. Bearing the fruits of it. Now, that means it's going to be given to a people who are actually doing the work of the fruits. In other words, you told us we have to be washed by the water of the words before we can be made spotless, and you won't take us up to heaven until you're coming for a spotless bride. The people aren't aware of it. They've got to do some work. They've got to be cleansed. They've got to uh, bring forth the uh, works of God. People think the married supper of the Lamb is up in heaven. The married supper of the Lamb is down here. We're supposed to eat of the food of the kingdom of God, the bread of instruction, so that we can do the good works and put on the righteous acts of the saints so that we've made spotless. Because you said, dear Lord, that you're going to cause people at this time in Daniel 12, 9 to 10, to be refined, to be made white, and to, I mean, excuse me, to be purified, to be made white, and to be refined. 
That's the refinement is when we put on the righteous acts of the saints. But before we can get there, we first must be purified. We must be set apart as holy, which were done by John seventeen seventeen. The entrance of his words uh, gives light and gives understanding to the simple. But what it also is, it sanctifies us. It sets us apart from those of the world because we become like sons of God. Now, you very clearly in the Bible, and I want to point this out tonight, is that very clearly in the Bible you talk about everybody that is not of the kingdom. They're like dogs. And that's very important to understand, that, that verse, because you're going to testify to it. I want to show some people, uh, show people tonight something very interesting that you say that really is quite alarming. Well, in verse uh, Revelation 22 15 it's talking about in the kingdom it says but outside of the kingdom in other words outside of the realm of everything prepared for the kingdom is the pit i mean the abyss and so forth that's out there he says outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie all those are cast out from you you know and outside are dogs People who would not receive the words of God spoke and barked their own do uh, words. You know, a dog, you say uh, in, in the Bible uh, very clearly that uh, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. Uh, in uh, Philippians uh, three, 3 2, Paul tells us that. But it's it's very 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 important that we understand what it is that um, about the dogs and, and the relationship to these. You tell us a very interesting parable. Let me talk about it for a minute. I'll go back to what I'm sucking here in Luke sixteen nineteen to thirty one, which is very important because um, you tell the people they're not hearing the words of God. You're telling them that. You told them that in John um, eight. 43 to 47 that you know because they will not hear your speech they can't, they can't hear your speech because they will not discern the words of God that you were sent in the world to bear witness to and today we're just like that you know you tell us you foretell in Isaiah 56 10 and 11 it says his watchmen are blind they are all ignorant they are all dumb dogs they cannot bark um, sleeping lying down loving to slumber Yes, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. See, the entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. So he's saying here that even the shepherds don't understand. And he tells us this again in Psalms 14, uh, 2 and 3, and Psalms 53, 2 and 3. But we don't want to listen. They all look to their own way. Everyone is for his own gain and from his own territory. In other words, they want to build their ministry up. They want to build their church up. They don't care what the scriptures say. I hear people arguing about the rapture, and they don't care what the scripture, the fullness of the scriptures say. They will not be zealous enough to, z to dig it all out. All they want is, a, is like it says in the uh, parable of the great supper, it, and when you're inviting the people, it's saying that uh, they got five yokes they're going to try. In other words, they're, they're looking for a message that sells because they're merchants of goodly pearls. They're not messengers of the pearl of great price. They're not one that they don't sell the message of great price. They understand the value of it and understand that the value of it is that you don't sell it. You 
teach it, you make people know of it, but you don't do anything to sell that message because it dishonors, degrades the message that you're giving because it's holy and it's of God and it's free. And you cannot charge for something that God is trying to give free to the people. And so it's a terrible thing. So um, let me go back to this thing on Luke 16 because it's really kind of important for us at this time because we are in the time of the separation judgment where people are going to be cast out. And when it tormented, we talked last night about the fire, they're going to be tormented by the flame in the pits of God. But the flame also is the words at this time, the evil one. That's why he says the harlot. She's got all these the words of the dragon, Revelation 12, 15 to 17. And these words are like flames of fire that burn us up and consume us because we're cast out with those who are always consumed. It's the way of death. And the shadow of death is the image of death that we're going to have here on earth when the people get the plague of Tessarit and they, their limbs are going to shrink and their uh, skins are going to be filled with boils and everything. It's going to be an example of what it's going to be like in Guyana. And Guyana's worse, but this is terrible. It's going to come, this plague that God is going to set on the earth. And before they get the plagues, they're going to receive the sins of these they're working with. Because the harlot is turning everybody against each other. You can see that the wave, and why I'm talking about fire and all these things, is the wave of hatred. They're trying to create civil war. They're trying to get everybody turned against each other. Nobody's trying to unite the world. They say they're uniting the world. They're not uniting the world. They're turning against God. And they're uniting in, in a motion against God. But they're taking all religions get along together. No, it can't. You cannot do that. It never is going to work. There can only one, be one pure language. Even the heavens are in the shape of a pyramid, which they, you know, the wicked ones and the masons all draw the pyramid. And I've drawn it and shown you why it's in the scriptures, what it means. And it's because it points to God. God is at the middle of creation and the pyramid, the heavens, the firmament comes to a point right above the, the four living creatures. How wide do you think that is? It's, he says it comes right there. It's above the firmament. Above the firmament means it comes to a point. So you can see this, and um, it points to the heavens. That's why we're the first heaven, and there was a second heaven that we must overcome because God put that as a test to us to get through. And then there's paradise where we're refined, and, and then finally there's the fourth heaven, which is where the four living creatures are, and that's the stone, the cornerstone, and that's where the judgment throne is set. The God's throne is up above the firmament. But the judgment throne has been set in uh, the firmament, and that's where the Father is now sitting with the Lord, judging all of us on the earth. And the books are open and recorded, because the books are kept by the four living creatures and so forth. That's why they're there. <clears throat> okay. And that's where the angels and all are gathered at this time. <clears throat> so, okay, let's, let's go on and get to this message here. It says, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. 
But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. Besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that these who want to pass from here to to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to, to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. See, God made everything to teach us, and he made it so that it will enable us to understand. I'm going to talk about that in the tabernacle here very quickly. But consider this rich man. First thing is you're going to see that he's uh, full of sores. And you see what the the, the dogs came and licked his sores. And he, he considers like the shepherds, his dogs here, I just discussed to you. What does that mean? He's like, they're taking advantage of these who are not, you know, there's nothing in their storehouse. There's no words of God in their storehouse. They have no ability to enable the good works of God because they don't know the promises of God. They don't know the way of his words, which enable all the good works. But the rich man, he's taken of the good of the world, not of the good of the kingdom, but he's taken of the good things of the world. And, you know, what's going to happen to him? He's going to be cast out into Hades. And um, into, the, into the pit. And he's going to have this thing where he's be divided. Now, if you look at the writing I did, Testimony of Numbers, you can see the overall physical design of the creation. You can see where these prisons of God are. And um, you'll be able to tell that they um, are, you know, what, what is happening to them there is they're in a body of a, they're going to be in the body of a worm in Ghana. God it says that's what they're likened to because their bodies are made to writhe on the ground uh, like a worm. They won't have legs. They said their hands and uh, their arms and uh, their strength will be taken away from them. In other words, they'll be withered away. And so they'll be in great pain and torment in the flame, which is the way of the Word of God. They ignored the words of God. They don't have a right to walk in the truth. They don't have a right to lift their arms in truth. They don't have a right to speak. They don't have a right to see truth, so it's darkness and so forth. That's what it's like out there. But I just wanted to point out to you, this is kind of like what we're facing right now. We're facing the likeness of the punishments that are in the prisons of God is the plagues that the God is talking about in Revelation 18.4. First, we're going to receive their sins, which is the evilness and the wars and everything else that's going to come. And then... Uh, the, God's going to intervene and he's going to punish them with the plagues. And people, the plagues are going to be coming upon them and it'll, it'll be getting, you know, getting worse and worse and worse. That's what they're going to show because it's going to come like labor pains just like they gave. It's going to come to them. It's going to get worse. And the more they talk against God, the more the punishment will be uh, put upon them. Now, I just wanted to get you aware of that as far as the dogs. It's very important. But also there's a good side of dogs. You remember the lady who came and had a daughter that was stricken and uh, she uh, wanted the Lord to help her. 
And the Lord, uh, and this was in Matthew 15 and Mark 7, basically what the Lord had said to her was, you know, she's asking for him to do this for her. Um, because, see, the, the Lord had a rule. In Matthew 7, 6, he talks about this rule. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast out pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. And see, that that's what the, the world system right now is trying to, they, they hold base everything upon the fact that they say, oh, the scriptures are all confused. We don't have the originals. We can't tell them apart and so on and so forth. Therefore, what the church says or what the world leaders like the queen states, that's the way it's going to be. And that's why they want to, the Pope and all of them are saying, oh, we got to put an elite group together and they're going to control everything and they're going to make a one world religion. That's what they're planning. Look at the Club of Rome document and it tells you they're going to have a one world religion because it can't exist any other way. That's why they said they can't have a sustainable earth unless they have one religion. And that religion is going to be the one they create, not what God has created. And that's where all the world leaders are united in bringing forth this cause. So God is saying, don't give them holy. But you, we, we do the way of the words for them, all right, that enable them to have the Spirit call upon them because this is the time of the harvest. And we must do the work of the harvest. And all those will hear the truth and hear the truth. If they reject the truth, they're judged by that because they're being judged by the words of God. John twelve forty eight. That's this time. Hosea 6, 5 says it will be judged by light. And the light is the entrance of his words gives that light. Psalms 119, 130. And Jesus said, only those who are set apart by truth, which is the words of God in John 17, 17. Those are the ones that are sanctified. Those are the ones made holy. And those are the ones that's going to be in the city of the kingdom of God, the new Jerusalem in Revelation 22. Now this lady said, was talking to the Lord, asking for this miracle. Um, and she's a Gentile. And it says, it is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. This is Jesus said uh, the second time. This is Mark 7. Now let's look what he says in Matthew, what she says in Matthew 15. He says, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now, in uh, Mark 7, it words it this way, and she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. So under the table is very interesting because the table is the, you know, the Lord setting the, the table at this time. And we, the dogs, we, the Gentiles, are going to be drafted in, grafted in to his tribes, to his kingdom, because there's only 12 gates in a new city, and they're all up from the one single pearl. Each one has a single pearl gate. And that's the pearl of great price. In other words, you're entering by the words of God into the city, just like he said in John 17, 17. But the people need to understand there are words of God. They, they don't understand this fact. The word of God is summarized in the 153 that he sets apart, made holy, as he talks about in John 21 there, the great fish that he put in that net. And he said, take a few of them and go feed my people. He's symbolizing the, the words of God, which are framed in these set-apart words that are made holy by the works that God put in them to enable. In other words, it isn't the words of anything. They're nothing until you do them in the way of the words. It enables the spirit. It's the communication language, the one language by which all things are done. And it's, the, it's enabling and asking for the good works. But 
you have to have authority to call the words because as it says in second corinthians 12 1 to 4 you are the those of the world are not allowed uh, to re- utter these words so you have to have authority of god that you have to get through jesus um, to allow the spirit of truth to be put in you so that you can begin to understand the words because that's what happened jesus blew the spirit on the disciples and then he said these are the words i spoke while i was with you and then he was able to cause them to know the scriptures which is what he also promised in proverbs 123 he's telling us there that if we will hear the words and turn to him he will pour out his spirit on us and cause us to know his words okay now let's look at this, what I want to tell you. It's kind of an interesting thing, and I pray that it'll make sense to you. Right here we've told you that uh, when he was talking to the people in Matthew 21, the Lord was saying that uh, he's going to uh, take away uh, the kingdom uh, from the people. And we need to understand that very clearly because it's it's very important for him. Now, remember that he had just did this. When the Lord talked about this, he was talking about the parable of the vineyard. And, um, uh, you know, he said they sent them out to, to, to uh, take the vineyard. And uh, it starts in verse, I'm not going to read it, uh, Matthew 21, 33. Um, and it is, comes up to verse 42. It's, it's a parable of a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it around about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. I'm going to go ahead and read this. And the husband took his husbandman took his servants and beat one and, and uh, um, the men of the uh, took his servants and killed another and stoned another. And again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reference my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir come. Um, let us kill him and let us seize upon his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto these husbandmen? They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, and which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Did you ever read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become, um, the same has become the head of the corners. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I say I unto you. The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and the pharaohs, Pharisees had heard this parable, they perceived that he spoke of them. And then they sought to lay hands on him. And they feared the multitude uh, because they took him for a prophet. Now, what he's saying here is that people of Israel because they were going to slay Jesus, they were going to have the kingdom of God taken away from them because even when they did that, they still wouldn't repent. And even when the Lord came back and gave them the disciples and anointed them with the word of God, gave them the spirit in them, um, he had already anointed them, but he gave them the spirit in them so they could understand the words and go forth and speak it. And on Pentecost, the power fell, giving them authority 
to go forth and speak in the words of God. But the people rejected it. And then they went to to Rome. Paul, the Lord had uh, Paul give them a second chance. And this was in Rome. They gathered all the Jews together in Acts 28. Uh, and he said the same thing to them. Um, he taught them of the words and so forth, but the people would not agree. And they argued among themselves about it. So Paul then said something that made them mad and they walked away. Here's what he said. In Acts 28, 25 to 31, he says, So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. He said, The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear, and they shall not understand. And serving you will, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see their, with, uh, with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it. So he's saying that it's been taken away from them. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came him, preaching the kingdom of God, which is the words of God that are within you, and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. In other words, the Lord allowed him to stay there two more years, which too is symbolic of the words of wisdom. And God was trying to give them the ability to hear the words, but they would not receive it. So again, here we have it, house of Israel lost the right to the words and he sent it away. Now, he's saying that the Gentiles receive it, but let me go back and show you something quite interesting where God in two different times sort of points to this. And this is what I believe he's saying. When the Lord had Moses up on the mountain and he's giving him the instructions of the tabernacle and so forth. And it says in Exodus 31, 2, he says, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Okay? He's called him for that. And uh, he's put into him, in his heart, the ability to teach. And he's also gave him um, understanding. It says, uh, the Bezalel and Aloy, every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according all that God has commanded. But um, uh, Bezalel had the uh, ability uh, to do uh, the tent um, and, um, I mean, do, do the things that were necessary to build the tent and, and the, the tabernacle and the, the, all the things of gold and like the Ark of the Covenant and so forth. Uh, his, but the Lord added another one. And he said, I, and I indeed, I have appointed with him Ahoyleb, and the son of Ahiasmach, I guess is how you say it, of the tribe of Dan. And I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, so that, uh, that they may make all that I have commanded you. Now, what's important, and, and we could go back to Exodus 31, to it described... Um, in verse 3, it tells you what Bezazel had. It says, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, 
See, what he's doing is he's filled with him the Spirit of God in the way of the Spirit. So he can understand how these things relate to the way of the Spirit of God. So they are built in the way that teaches us the way of the Spirit. And to design artistic works, to, in, uh, to work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, uh, to carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. That's Belzella. And uh, it said, uh, and another guy, the Ahalab, it says, and I indeed I have appointed with him Ahalab, um, the son of Ahasimach, of the tribe of Dan, and I have the wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. The tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and in the mercy seat that is in it, uh, that is on it, and uh, all the furniture of the tabernacle. Now, why is that important? What is important is God had a preparation. These guys were already prepared. God raised them up, and it doesn't start with one generation. See, it's very interesting when you go back and you trace um, these these people, this this guy, uh, Balza, for example. The meaning of his name is in the shadow of God or the image of God. And it means also like in the protection of God. Uh, the word is the covering. It's going to cause it that he's going to be able to finish the work because God has prepared him and called him to do this work. He says, I called by name. I, in other words, I gave this man the work of the kingdom to do. And it says he's the son of Uri. And Uri, his name means God is light, the flame of God, my light is God. In other words, he's going to show the way of the words. And he was preparing. In other words, these fathers were preparing them. Let me go on here. It says the son of Hur. Hur is one of the burnings or a noble or the whites or splendor. In other words, he, he's a guy that has knowledge of God. And he's seeking the knowledge of God and building the knowledge on his garment. But it, it's really interesting. And, and they're of the tribe of uh, uh, Judah. And Judah's to praise. In other words, to make known the knowledge of, G, uh, of the Lord. This is what, and this guy is the head guy doing this tabernacle for Moses. And it's very interesting that he does this. Now, I want to point out something, though. It's really intriguing to me. Her is a very special person. Because if you look, now this is his grandfather, Bezalel's grandfather. It says, um, in her, it says he's a, you know, he's a grandfather of Bezalel, and he's a son of Caleb and Ephra of Judah. Now take a note that he's the Lord, and that's made known in First Chronicles 2, 19-20, and 4-1, and 4-4. Uh, what, what's important about that is this guy is also, her is the guy that helped Aaron hold the hands of Moses up during Israel's battle with the Amalek at Rephidim, which happened in Exodus 17 before this event here. And uh, also, when Moses goes up the mountain to meet God, he leaves the 70 behind and leaves the people in charge of Aaron and her. And uh, Exodus 24:14. Now, Caleb, his father is named Caleb. Caleb means dog. Ephra means fruitful, his wife, I mean his wife. So the mother of her is, has a name meaning of dog and of fruitfulness. Now, it's very intriguing that they're building the tabernacle, that the people will come 
to be. And what are they what are they doing? They're making known this work and they're teaching the artisans, everybody that's going to work for them, to bring forth this tabernacle, bring forth the kingdom of God in this tabernacle where God can be present. We're in the same thing today. The Lord is because Israel had lost the knowledge of truth, which is what happened to them back then, God had prepared people. And they were able to bring this tabernacle together. And from the tabernacle, they are taught the way of the words. In other words, everything in the tabernacle was made to identify the way of the Godhead, the way of the Spirit of God, the way of the works of God. That's why there's four coverings and so on. The, four, the walking in the way of the four spirits. I've went over that before many times. So what I'm trying to tell you is that's so much wisdom. But they're of, it's the dog. They're bringing forth the praise of God. So it's symbolic almost of this day. It's going to be in the time of the, um, of the, um, the time of the um, praising of God. In other words, the words of God are going to come back to Israel through the Gentiles. Gentiles are going to come out of the world and join in to God's kingdom with the Jews and all of them. He's because he said he's going to draw people from all the nations, but they're going to be drawn together by these words of God and by the Spirit of God that. Enable the words of God to enable the good works of God, which is what the testimony of this tabernacle is saying. Now, look at Eloab. His father is, uh, um, his name means to shine, and it's also the father's tent. Uh, is he shined by the tent? You know, the firmament in heaven. We're going to shine like the firmament. Uh, Daniel two, uh, Daniel twelve two and three. And like the stars forever. And that's when God's Father's tent, because the whole firmament is like a hut. And that's why they uh, celebrate Feast of Tabernacles. The words of God are in, in the heavens. In day four, he put the first thing he did, he put the words of God, the light, enters the world. What is the light? Psalms 119, 130. See, the Psalms are written in the pure language of God. So we can sing them, we can speak them, we can do all these things. But if you really want to know the greatness of the Psalms, learn the words that David knew. Jesus said he has the key to David. What he's talking about, those psalms open up so much knowledge once you understand the words. And um, Jesus has the key to that because only through him can we get authority to receive the Spirit that makes known the words of God to us so that we're caused to know those words. And then we can understand the psalms, what they really mean, the deeper knowledge, the greater knowledge. Because so much knowledge is hidden within the psalms in the pure language of God. So, so you got to look. Now, what's important about this um, is that he's going to do the things about the the tents. Uh, uh, he's going to see. It goes down here. It said, uh, and um, in ex Exodus twenty-eight, uh, thirty-eight, twenty-three, it says that Aholub, uh, in the uh, um, the son of Ahasamach of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer. A weaver of blue, purple, scarlet thread, and a fine linen. See, he's going to teach the ways of the words of God. And he's from the time of Dan. Dan is, people say he's the judge, but the, the meaning of this is teacher. In other words, repairing the breach of teaching the words in the way of righteousness. That's what the scarlet, that's what the purple, that's what the thread is. The way of the uh, righteous acts of the saints. That's what the purpose is to be. And then... So you see this in there. And then, um, so, but God is going to bring all this back from the Gentiles to the tribes and, and to the, the house of Israel. 
at this time. Because God is going to use them to fulfill the words of the blessings spoken in um, you know, uh, Genesis 49 and Deuteronomy 33. But it's going to come back through the Gentiles to them. Because, uh, you see, it, it's like... Um, it's like Debazala, I'm sorry, whatever his name is here, Bezalo, uh, it says um, in Exodus 35-34 that the Lord has put it in his heart to teach, to teach in him. In other words, in him has been given the ability to teach these people. So you see that the Gentiles, uh, just like it's later on is pointing a picture to, is going to bring back the words of God to the house of Israel because they lost the right to the kingdom and God is showing them, shaming them by bringing it back to them. But they will turn and then they will be glorious when they turn because they have the anointings and all that. But they have to turn, receive it gladly and then shine, um, which is what they have to do. But it's pointing to that. And... Um, you know, Judah's a house of praise, of course, as you've seen. But consider Joshua. So you have, remember, they sent the ten spies out. And only two that stood up is Caleb and Joshua. And and Joshua's meaning is Yahweh's salvation. But notice that um, Joshua's, uh, you know, he's the judge that replaced Moses and went on. And it's the same, the spelling of Joshua is the same spelling as Jesus in Greek. If you translate it into Greek, it'd be Jesus. So what he's um, pointing out to us in this is that, um, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the, um, I'm sorry, stuttering here. Uh, it's saying uh, God is salvation, where his name prior to that was Hosea. And Moses changed his name to Joshua. He's led to do that. It's, it's, it makes it clear in Numbers thirteen sixteen that he did it. And um, so you see that his name previous to that was Salvation, but he changed it to say God is Salvation. So you know he's not taking it on himself. The credit's not going himself. He's doing this work to do the work of God. In other words, God is going to get the glory. God is going to do the works. He's going to enable God in his things, and that's how he's to lead the people. And that's why Moses changed his name into that. But remember the other guy that was with him, the one that didn't reject the people and was very zealous, was Caleb. And Caleb's name is Dog. So it's very interesting that the two the strong ones and the only ones that had their lives extended, um, the, you know, the years did not, like Caleb, because he was so zealous, he didn't age at that time. Uh, God restored him and kept him restored uh, for those 40 years and he was just like he was at the earlier age as the Bible testifies. But I think it's very important to understand that even in the building of the temple, even in that time, God had already began preparing that the people, he knew these people, he knew they were going to do this and it shows that in the hidden part of that that he was done from there. And uh, that, he, that he would come from that. Now, remember also, Joshua was an Ephraimite. I thought it was really interesting. I, I don't have the, um, you know, the ability to uh, prove this, but it, it looks like this. You know, Ephraim, the name Ephraim means doubly fruitful or twofold increase, second son of Joseph, the one that is blessed and raised up. In other words, he not only had his work, but he, he became the first, he was anointed to be first. Um, and the interesting thing is this. Lord is pointing to that, I believe, even in his. When uh, in John 11, 54, when Jesus was uh, talking to Pharisees, and they wanted to kill him at that time. 
at the end of that chapter, uh, chapter in John 11, it says uh, that that name of that town is mentioned. This is where Jesus withdrew to. And it's believed that um, people don't really know exactly where it is because there's no, they can't have a record of where that town was, but it appears like it's a town near Bethel. And it seems like it's about uh, 37 miles away, uh, 37 kilometers north of Jerusalem. If that's true, um, if it is 37 or anything like that, it seems like 37, but it would testify that God was visible. Like the Lord withdrew, but he stayed visible. In other words, the number 37 is, the, is a number for uh, the visible power of God. And the visible power was they couldn't kill him. And I think it's a testimony to us of this day and, and that we are to watch for this because the Lord says in John 5, 24, if we will believe on his name, uh, his, his voice, I'm sorry, which means we have to believe and uh, hear the words of God and discern them. And if we believe in the promises of the Father, that we will have eternal life and will pass through these judgments. Well, that was my message. Uh, I think the, the point I'm trying to make is that God was foreseeing this kingdom that was being taken away from Israel. Even in the days of Moses, he knew that this wasn't going to be enough. As the people, just they would not turn. But so were the Gentiles in this day, because he warns us that he's calling us out from all the nations all the dogs to come out who will hear him. All who call upon his name, the word of God, will be delivered, as it says in Joel 2.32. And it's our job to call upon this, to enable the people. But if they reject the word in righteousness, then they're judged. But if they're not judged, if we're held accountable, we're just like these, what he calls these shepherd dogs. So we have to be very careful in this day what we do. We have to listen to God. Remember that when Jesus comes, he's coming to confirm the new covenant, and you have to understand, the New Covenant, he made clear in Matthew 5 and places like that what it represents. Things changed because we're under the covenant. We're under the grace of God at this time. And, you know, the grace of God is you, you extend uh, invitation to all people, to, to everyone, to come into the kingdom. And if they reject it, they reject it. But we have to do that work. If we're found not doing that work, we haven't done the will of God. That's the way it looks like to me from everything I can see in Scripture. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to say this tonight. Lord, we pray that you'd help the people understand this. Let them understand whether this is correct or not. But Lord, it's just very interesting the way you pointed to the dogs throughout the Scripture, dear Lord. Let us, dear Lord, be dogs that come in and be part of your kingdom. We want to be in your, in your house, Father, at this time. Lord, you even point to this, and, and Luke's, uh, Luke's, I think it's, uh, 13, 1 to 16, where you're talking about the people of this time, and they know they're going to be judged. And they know they've done wrong. They turn and they try to help the kingdom come forth and help your people and help all people at this time. Lord, they must do that at this time or they're going to be found not worthy of you and they won't be protected in the time of this great troubles. Father, we thank you for all that you've made known. We ask it in thy precious name. Amen. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.